this is where I think that the it's gonna it's gonna change. It's gonna tip. It's uh, I'm gonna beat bomb this game with. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm having an allergic reaction to cane, and it's just fried my brain. So. Uh... <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 9. I'm not your host, Don, who's off nursing a case of man flu. This is Mars, I probably would have told from my lovely voice. And I'm joined tonight, as always, by my amiga Kylie. But everyone, chill. Don't worry. We have our trios complete, as we're also joined by a special guest, amiga Lucy Hynes. So, Lucy, welcome to the Three Amigos podcast. Uh, tell us quickly about yourself and how the season's going so far from my point of view. Um, I'm Lucy. Hi. Um, I'm Saints fan. Um, playing probably my eighth season of SPL maybe. Currently about 70k. I haven't checked exactly, but I'm enjoying a good upturn since my game week five wildcard, um, which did involve Lukaku, but I have removed him, so that crisis is over. Um, so look at the two. We're all making mistakes. We're all making mistakes. Yeah. I got just finding on, out uh, when to when to walk away from said mistakes. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't got two weeks, so. <laughs> cool. And uh, so, just I should probably say uh, that uh, Don is uh, unfortunately not with us tonight because apparently he's got a cold. I don't believe that. I think Kylie and I did such a fabulous job last time that he's he's now like thinking, well, you know, I I can take the mask off and I'll just record it. He so we will make as many cases as we want. He might just have a case of performance anxiety now after that. Probably. I, you never know. No, yeah, probably, probably. But, we, you know what, we'll make mistakes because he just have to edit it anyway. So we'll have fun and we'll enjoy ourselves. So, um, Lucy, we'll start with you. How was uh, Game Week 8 for you? Um, well, along with the Lukaku mistake, I also got suckered into Ben Chilwell. I don't know if anyone else got that. Because apparently his underlying stats are really good. And I looked through them and they seemed like a good idea. Um, so obviously he was involved in that awful Leicester performance. Um, but that was the only real bad point. So I ended up with 76. Captain Hazard. Um, that's, not, that's not bad at all. Not bad yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get sucked into the Kane thing. Hmm? Um, I did we don't we don't mention him on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the person with your Lukaku. I think that's what it is. You're like, been there. I'm not going there again. Yeah. So like, I had him to move out, and I was like, oh well, if I bring in Kane, I'm going to have to squeeze money from somewhere, and I basically couldn't really work out where to get it from. So I went for Lacazette instead. So that worked out quite well. well. That that did that did. I think Kylie, you have Lacazette. How was uh, how was you game game week? My game week was delightful, Mars. Thank you for asking. I was... uh, (laughs) I just went really shrill there. That was weird. Um, 82, despite Kane trying to ruin my week, um, I ended up on 82. 
So really happy with that. I didn't take any hits and I'm still riding the post-world card wave. So uh, there were quite a lot of players that did well. I had a clean sweep in defence. So those Wolves boys, Patricio and Doherty, 46 points in two weeks is is amazing from them. Um, the value for money is just ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. And I, for the last two weeks, I've played Doherty and benched Robertson. So obviously Robertson got a clean sheet on my bench as well, but it didn't really matter in the end. Um, and Are you taking over, sure enough, because Don is not here? No, I'm just talking about my <laughs> awesome game week because I'll probably be punished in game week nine. I think I'm littered with injuries now. Um, so it's my last moment in the sun. But um, it, it, it did go well despite despite Kane. So I'm very, very happy um, with that. How was yours, Mars? Yeah, it was all right, actually. To be honest, it, it was not too bad. 67, uh, considering uh, I did not have the hottie. And I captain King. So I was happy, you know, Wilson did really well. Obviously I had Hazard, uh, Charleston, a uh, few clean sheets and Patricio getting nine points on his debut for me. So it wasn't too bad. And luckily for me, Cabeselli managed to stay on the bench this time with his minus four. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's it minus four? Oh, yeah. Minus four he had. And I've seen, uh, I think it was Alex Waterbaby, a friend of the pod. He, he, he was begging for him not to come on, but I think one of his players... Because there was quite a few players that did play on the Sunday, mm. and uh, he he had one of them. Uh, I think yeah, I can't remember who, but he he came in for him. Uh, he yeah. was my first sub actually, and I had Bennett as my second sub, which was which was annoying. But I started Bis- so I started Biscuit. That's one Bissaka, by the way, Lucy. I, I call him Biscuit and uh, Patricio, hoping for a nil nil. But I, I'm happy with uh, 11 points from those two. So uh, we'll look at the Three Amigos, a quick update on the Three Amigos League. We have uh, a new uh, number one, uh, Parque Cliverdonian, Steve uh, Bibbing, with 80 points, um, taking over from Ian Cooper, who's at number two with um, Beasley's uh, Poetry, 66 points. We have a new number three, Joe Stone, Victor Moses Loan, 78 points. Quite, you know, it's, it's uh, big scores. Joint uh, fourth, we have... Uh, bounce back ability, Mark Doney, 78 points, and at Sky player in FPL, Paul Jones, also 84 points. And we have, I think, unfortunately, to give a shout out to uh, one of our own, uh, Mr. Uh, Donica Brennan, uh, in number 15, Natural Man Candy Cabbage, with 83 points. I could I could sound a bit more enthusiastic about it, but. I haven't heard. I've, I've been hearing about it all for the last two weeks. So uh, yeah. So he so he got eighty three points. That is really annoying. So he beat me by one point. Still, well, the well, well, well. Let's see. Did he take a hit? Let's have a look. He no, never he did not. To these hits. Oh. He he didn't take a hit. He he brought. He actually also captained Kane. So eighty three points with a Kane captain. That's uh, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Imagine if you guys hadn't captained him. Your scores would be great. No. Do you know what's so frustrating? I only brought in Kane because I didn't have any fires and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought, I'll just bring him in. If I hadn't done that, I would have captained Hazard. See, if you'd got yourself Lukaku, you'd have worried about that and then you wouldn't have got Kane. See, yeah, that would have been so much better. (laughs) It's always... Always, uh, you know, looking on the bright side. All righty. So, 
Now we'll move on. Each pod we hand the mic to Marzi to get rid of any build-up of excess fantasy angst. We know it's always there. So, Marzi, take it away with your rant of the week. So, Kylie, actually, this time it's not a rant. It's uh, an appreciation and love for the community. Obviously, uh, it's, uh, most people know that we had a loss in the family about two weeks ago. And um, it's amazing that sometimes the uh, solace is probably not aware that you find in strangers where, you know, you come on Twitter and uh, I didn't actually even put anything on Facebook because uh, it was around my birthday. Uh, and uh, on Twitter, I, I put a few things and the amount of love and messages, DMs that I got from the community was absolutely fantastic. And it's just that, that the one thing that I love about the community when they really rally behind you. And even until... Uh, throughout that week, uh, and recently people just checking if I'm okay. I am fine, absolutely fine, thank you. You know, it's, it, it's been tough, but uh, yeah, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I did share some of the messages with my wife, and she also really appreciates it. So thank you all. Oh, yes. That is one of the brilliant things about the community. You kind of step aside from, from some of the angst and, and the FPL stuff. And I think in the last couple of weeks as well, there's been quite a few instances where um, everyone has sort of rallied together. Um, yeah, like, like family thing. Yeah. Did yeah, did I did. I explain that? Yes, probably a good idea. So, um, Gemma, Gemma, who's a West Brom fan, a big part of the FPL community, um, her, her partner has uh, pretty serious cancer. And so... So the big effort by the FPL community to get her little boy on a photo shoot for um, West Brom's uh, store. So that got like hundreds and hundreds of retweets and lots of like support and messages and stuff. And he's uh, they apparently messaged her about arranging to get it done. So that's really cool. Yeah, fantastic news. And a big shout out to Fantasy Yerma because he started all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, yes, it's, it, that's what the community is about. There's always going to be a couple of bad apples, but we just ignore them and laugh at them. And the rest yeah. is absolutely fantastic. So, again, thank you all on behalf of me, Gemma, and everybody that has uh, needed the support. Right. So let's move on to the big topic of the week. This podcast is all about the FPL community, and this segment is all about what the community is talking about. No surprise, is it Salah or more Salah? Probably has been the the biggest question on Twitter again. And since that, actually, since the international week started and still going, we've had Salah, Mane, King, Zaha today. So many different players are just falling down. Van Dyke. So there are so many, so many players getting injured. We'll, we'll, we'll start with Salah, but we can, we can touch on, on the others because one of the questions would have been, well, should I just go to Mane? So we'll touch on that as well. So uh, as it's on everyone's lips, um, we need to start talking about it. Um, so Salah or no Salah? No Salah or no Salah? Lucy, what do you think? Well, I am currently no Salah, but... Um... I have to be honest, if I had him, I wouldn't be getting rid of him just because those six are too good. I think if you, I think you're in one of those scenarios which are quite common, I think, in FPL, whereas where I wouldn't bring him in because there's that slight doubt about him. Um, so I wouldn't be using free transfers on him. But if I owned him, I'd be holding him because I just think there are like some big yields potentially in those six that are coming up. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I just think this is one of those hilarious ones because you sort of read, read on Twitter people who saw the Salah injury and then thought, oh, God, I better get rid of him. But actually, this is great. I can get in money and use the money to spend elsewhere. And then, of course, did that probably with a hit because then they spent that money elsewhere. And then, of course, now it looks as though Salah will be fine or has a good chance of being fine for the weekend. And certainly with Liverpool uh, suffering other injuries, like Keita's now injured, Mane has this thumb issue. So it it looks like he may have to play. What, Keita's injured? Yeah, that's yeah. only just come out. Oh, um, great. I don't know if it's a hamstring or something, but it, it's only just come out like this evening. Um, so... They are dropping like flies at the moment, and I'd say there's a lot of people who have already brought Mane in and uh, very likely going to have to move him out because he seems more likely to not play to me than Salah yeah. at this point. We actually have evidence, don't we? An X-ray, yeah. So, um, And also, it's getting into a related point, which is unless you really, really have to go because of price changes, I just don't see why you'd use transfers now. Like, I think you need to hold as much as you possibly can. Um, I know I appreciate that sometimes you get pushed into it because you have the exact cash to do something. But I think with the way we're seeing players like dropping all over the place, and this isn't that unusual for an international break to find these injuries, I think holding and having as much patience as you can could really pay off because, as you said, we've got these people now with Mane stuck in their team because they thought that they were going to be ahead of the curve kind of thing and now it's looking like quite a bad idea. Yeah, to be fair, it has been a it has been a brutal international week. I don't remember the last one, the break uh, being this bad. But I think the last one was unusually good, though. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I just wonder. You know, the players had a lot of games uh, in in short space of time. Like Liverpool had a lot of tough games, and maybe it's just yeah. catching up on them. And mm-hmm. I think when when I saw the news about Salah, I, I said, you know what, like maybe this. If he was injured, maybe that's the rest that he needed. Um, but I completely agree with you, ladies, by the way. I've got Salah. And had had it come out that he will be out for three, four weeks, I probably would have sold. Now that we're not sure, I think, I think there's a lot of those injuries now that might be just precaution, but, but, but the, the FA of, the, of that nation is saying the player is injured and sending them back because they don't want the supporters to be mad or to show that those players don't want to play. But actually, it's just a precaution, and they might play. So, as I have Salah right now, as I said, I will wait until the last minute, like you said, Lucy. It's absolutely right. Um, you just have to take the hit with the, with the price drops or, or rises. And if, there's, if, if it still says that he might be available, I think I'll keep him, because if he doesn't play this game, he will highly likely play against Cardiff at home. And for that game, he's also catching material. Uh, but if I didn't have Salah or Mane, I don't have Mane, and I won't bring them in because there's, there's a doubt. There's, there's other players out there that you can go and get. Uh, one of the questions has been about, you know, okay, well, Salah to Sterling. Why not? Sterling's been absolutely outstanding, and he's on top form. Another one was KDB. Now, for me, KDB is it's a little bit early. Exactly. It's a little bit early. City have not missed him, and that's scary. Maybe they've missed him in a way that they're not scoring four, five, six in every game, but they're still winning. Um, so they don't have to rush him back in. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think 
uh, I think just as you guys said, I wouldn't bring him in. I don't think anyone's looking to bring him in regardless of the fixtures because they're a bit nervous about form anyway. But if you have him in there, then it, it's just I I would be willing to, to risk it if, if it looked like it was just potentially going to be um, one week if he didn't show. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be him being out for any period. And really, these three fixtures, that's when you want him. Well, if you can't start scoring then, then... Yeah. Some people have, some people have earmarked to bring him back for the, for the Huddersfield away and Cardiff home. No disrespect to those teams. And you know, you know me, uh, Carly, very well on the podcast. I always say... No, no, no. I always say don't jinx it. Because, but, but here's the thing. If, you, if Liverpool can't rest one player and beat Huddersfield away, then they should not even be considering fighting for the league. I don't mean this in a bad way to Huddersfield, but you should be able to play Shakiri or somebody else and still win that game. Where we've shown that in the last eight weeks, we're not a one-man team. He has not been playing well, but we're still winning. We're still up there. So the, the other thing is, if, whether he's injured or not, and it's not just Woodclock, you've got Pep, you've got Pochettino as well. Could they, be, could they be looking to rest some of their players? You know, Man City have got Burnley at home, and then they've got a Champions League game. Yeah. I, I think for me, Aguero is a shoe in because he, does, he didn't play international football, but Sterling has played a lot of games. I looked at his, he missed one game at the beginning, then he's been playing all the games. Could Pep rest him? Absolutely. What, why not? They have a team that can, he can put the second team out and uh, still win at home. So I think you just have, in, in, when, when things like this happen and it's uncertain, hold your horses. Don't take hits for no reason. Unless you have an, a red flag and you're 100% certain the manager has come out and said, or the player, because sometimes the players have come out and said, I'll be back soon, then make the change. If not, just hold fire because you don't know what's going to happen. And it's also like, remember what happened last international break with Fraser? With yeah. the international break injury, loads of people um, benched him. Or, or sold him or didn't bring him in on the wild card, which they were planning on doing. And then he went and got 18 points, which is unlikely to happen again. But, um, you know, it, it, that's kind of an example of where you really do need to just kind of hold fire. And the thing is, price changes, price changes this international break haven't been really that intense. It's been quite quiet. So I think... Some randoms have been... Some randoms have been dropping. I look at the names yeah. and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> well, Moreno dropped last night. Who had who Moreno to sell Probably Moreno and his family, to be fair. <laughs> but, you know, I think we, we said that a few times on the pod. You need a bench that plays. And I think, you, I think this game week, we might have to use it. And it, it kind of worries me because obviously I've got Kambasele who's suspended. I've got a play, uh, one player that can play, and I've got the Arsenal dude with the Zini or whatever his name is, you know, <laughs> with the long hair, and he doesn't really play. So I'm kind of like hoping that most of my players will be all right, apart from one. Uh, <laughs> if I if I need my um, if I need my but yeah, I think you know I think uh, it's, it's there's a lot of uncertainty. Keep keep checking Ben Ben Dinnery's timeline. He's probably the most the the most accurate. And also there's, you know, the, the ones that we know from each club that will come out with, with a statement. But there's a lot of also fake news going around. Uh, I think I saw what, what Ben said. Uh, basically, not, uh, 
uh, hardly many play, uh, any players with a broken thumb that don't play. And normally it's just a keeper if, if they miss. Otherwise, they can just play with a cast. And Mane is one of these players that loves playing. So unless Klopp wants to rest him, personally, if it's, all, if it's just that, I think Mane... Especially if what... I can't see them both rested. Well, then again, I say that. And then you've got Shakiri and Sturridge waiting. So, you know what? Anything can happen. You just need to hope that it doesn't... It's not too bad. And then your you other players deliver. Well, actually, didn't... Um... And I think it was uh, 15, 16 when Leicester won. But wasn't Vardy playing with a broken finger or a broken thumb for like I half think the it's season? Even worse. I think he had like a something on his wrist or something. Yeah, he had, yeah, had something on his wrist. He had something on his wrist. You've seen, you've seen players like playing with broken noses. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think. Batman think... masks. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, the thing is, look. Obviously, Liverpool lost the last Champions League game, and they've got a, they've got a, a home game midweek. So, you know, we'll probably be thinking about that. Maybe he doesn't want to lose another game. It's it's again, it's a winnable game at home uh, against Red Belgrade. So, you need to. I think listen, we, we've seen so far rotation is part and parcel of the game, um, and you just have to deal with it. You buy players for the long term, not just for a week. Unless you're me and you bought Kane for only one week and you're selling him straight away. <laughs> and and <laughs> right. So, so I think I think we've covered it. I think we've given yeah. a fair few options and we seem to all agree <clears throat> agree on it. So um, enough with the more more no salah now. <laughs> all right. So now it's time for our bonk Mary stalk segment where we look at some of the recent top performers uh, from the last game week and give our verdict. So is he a stalk, which is essentially someone for the watch list, a bonk? So someone that might have a brief stint in your team, but you're not going to bring him home to meet the parents, or is he a marry, so someone for the long haul? So we'll come to you, Mars, first on Matthew Ryan, my fellow Australian. So with Patricio, Fabianski, Hennessy, and even Joe Hart, bringing home the fantasy points for owners this season. He does face stiff competition around that price point. But with only 3.7% ownership, which is 16th among regular starting keepers, would you say that he's worthy of consideration given that they've just got their first clean sheet and they do have a really nice run of fixtures? Well, that's the thing. You look at their fixtures and it's mouth-watering. They've got, you've got Newcastle away, Wolves at home, Everton away, Cardiff away, Leicester home, Huddersfield away, Crystal Palace home, Burnley away, and then Chelsea. That's a great picture list. The thing is, <clears throat> with a keeper, I see it as a wasted transfer. Unless you're downgrading an expensive keeper to go to a cheaper keeper and make money somewhere else, which is what I did when I sold Edison. To make, to make money, I went from Edison to Patricio. Now, what I would say is if you have one of the keepers that are delivering, there's absolutely no need for you to do a sideway move and go to Ryan. If you have an expensive keeper or you're doing a keeper rotation and all the keepers is not playing, then it's absolutely a move that you could could make. Um, Brighton, especially at home, uh, look quite solid. And I fancy them getting quite a few clean sheets. And if not, normally Ryan gets the save, like when they play Anfield, Liverpool only won 1-0, and Ryan was, was on fire. 
uh, in that game. So I would say he's a stock uh, for now, especially if, if you do have a, play, a, keep, a player that uh, a keeper that plays all the time, uh, and just keep keep watching. Excellent. Okay, so Lucy, lots of people have been talking recently about moving away from uh, biscuits, one Bissaka who most of us, I think, have uh, on our bench at this stage, and they're looking to get onto the Wolves' defensive juggernaut um, because of the amount of points that they've been receiving. And, and obviously, they are close enough in terms of price range for people to make that move. So assuming that Wambasaka is your fourth defensive option, who will just need to be called into action on occasion, either he starts because of good fixtures or he's coming off the bench. Would you be looking at a move to some of the Wolves' options, say Bennett or John Johnny for a little more? And if so, which one would you think is most interesting and, and how would you evaluate him? Right. I think this is quite a tricky one because you look at his fix, you look at one of his fixtures and it's Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs and United in the fall that follow Everton, I think. Um, so, so obviously, there's not really going to be an opportunity where you think, oh, I think I'll start playing this guy's week. Um, but generally, I'm kind of a, of the opinion that, like, normally that kind of four to four point, is he 4.3 now? Something like that. Um, yeah. Wouldn't get you much. And I'm kind of reluctant to use transfers on kind of those low ticket defenders. Um but, you know, like, if you've got if you've got transfers to burn, then fair, fair enough. And I think, like, the Wolves boys are the obvious option. Um, I'm kind of of the opinion on those guys that um, it's kind of either Bennett or Doherty. I don't think the ones in the middle really offer that much value. I think it's better to kind of keep it cheap and do a kind of, like, very much like-for-like sort with Wamsaka in Bennett or try and stretch yourself a bit further for Doherty cause of, just because of how good he's been from an attacking perspective. Um, but I think, for me, um, I've already got Bennett. Uh, um, Bennett and Wampasaka are kind of my, like, fourth and fifth. And I think there are probably quite a lot of people that are in that position just because when a lot of people were wildcarding around kind of game week four to six, that was kind of the obvious setup. Um, so Wampasaka is just going to be completely last on my bench and I hope that I don't have to use him. Um, but obviously, if you think that you've got a lot of rotation in your team, likely, or you're dealing with those short-term injuries that we were talking about of the international break, then maybe um, you want to move one sack around. And in which case, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be better to Doherty. Excellent. All right, Mars. So... We did speak about Siggy last week and he was a stalk for the FPL general. But after his showing in game week eight, would you say he's worthy of another look now? He's created the most chances in the league this season. But is he a bonk Mario stalk for you? So he, he would remain a stalk um, just because I have Richarlison from Everton and I, I wouldn't want to double up. But I mean, he got 24 points in the last two games alone home and away so he's back to the Siggy that we know from the Swansea days and the Siggy that always delivers in in, um, in fantasy and he's one of the main players at Everton including set pieces um, so it's, it's a, I, I would say if you don't have an Everton player and 
with everybody going with Richarlison, you want to be different, then he's absolutely a bomb. For, you know, you, you need... I think Everton attacking are actually good assets for FPL. And you should have, I would say, either Richarlison or Sigurdsson. Stay away from Theo. He's, he's a troll. Um, and if you look at their fixtures, they act, it's funny they have an easy, then tough, easy, then so they've got Palace at home, then United away. I don't know if you can't that difficult anymore. Uh, Brighton at home, Chelsea away, Cardiff at home, then the Liverpool derby. The thing is with Siggy, he's always delivers against the big clubs as well. He loves a big game. So he's one of those players that you'll buy and you'll always be in your team. If you want, for example, if you have no premium forwards and you're not happy with Salah and you think he's injured and you want to downgrade Siggy and upgrade one of your cheaper uh, forwards to a Lacazette or, or, or a Aguero or a Kane if he must, then, then it's not. I wouldn't say it's a bad move. At the moment, it's not a bad move. But because I have a chance, he will stay a uh, stock for me for now. Excellent. What do you think, Kylie? I, you know, I, I'd call him. Look, for me, it's the same. He wouldn't be coming into my team because I also have a But I, I would call him a bonk for other people who don't currently have Richarlison, um, and hopefully they don't have Theo Walcott in their team. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's, we all love Siggy because of what he did at Swansea and he was such a great, reliable option for FPL points and he's on all these set pieces and everything. So you always feel like you're in with a shout. He hadn't previously been that exciting an FPL option at Everton, but I think it's three goals in the last two. As you said, he's got like 24 points or something. So is he coming into a rhythm now? You know, he, he's becoming more central to that team. Who knows? It looks good. So I think if you have a space in your team where he would fit and you yeah. don't have other things that you're looking to do, then why not? Because he is he does have low ownership and, you know, he he's pricey comparative to the other Everton assets but he's not pricey compared to, to many others and has been outperforming many premium assets in the last couple of weeks. So I think it's an easy hop-on, hop-off situation with him, to be honest. I think also, like, I know there were a lot of people early in the season that went for Lucas Mora, and he really seems to have kind of dropped off a cliff yeah. in terms of, like, performance. And he's 7.4, six and 7.4, so I think, you know, I'd be quite tempted if I had someone like him to look Look at Sigurdsson. The only issue with Sigurdsson at the moment is we're talking about Richardson, which I also have. Um, but like, there's also like Madison and and those kind of options. My only worry with Sigurdsson at the moment is like I know stats are really good, but I'm not sure if he's worth that extra kind of half million million or so. But um, so yeah, he'd be, he'd be a stalk for me too. I think at the moment. Yeah, it is an interesting price range because there is a lot there and we've sort of said it over the last couple of weeks as well um there are a lot of options in that that space and at one point Lucas Mora was one of those options but yeah I mean if people were so inclined to to get rid of Mora and and try for him I, I don't know that you'd keep him for long for the reason that you just said in terms of him being that bit more expensive um and and so therefore he has to deliver uh consistently for you to be sort of willing to go him over Richarlison or Madison. But it'll be interesting to see how he progresses. 
Um, so here's one for you, Lucy, which is an interesting one, seeing as I believe he's just joined your team. Um, <laughs> Lacazette, few, um, he's, he's been really good for the last few weeks. He's delivered something like 30 points uh, over their last four games. I have been a beneficiary of not all of those, but the, the last three. And one of the things that would have been slightly frustrating for me initially was that he wasn't getting these um, double-figure returns that, that I felt he could be getting. He's obviously gone and done that in the last game week. Um, and now he's he's looking really attractive to a lot of people. His ownership was something like 2.7 a few weeks ago. He's now up at about 11%. So there's a lot of people who are moving in that direction while Arsenal still has decent fixtures. So bonk marry or stalk for you. Um, I can't see him being a long-term thing, so, so I think it's a bonk. But um, I kind of bought him in last week ahead of Fulham just because of how many goals Fulham seemed to concede. Um, and so I don't think without that fixture, I'd have been convinced. By now, I'm probably much more convinced, not just because I had the points, but just because there was that evidence, as you said, of that kind of like big haul, which... And when a player starts to string those together, that's when you start thinking that they might become a captaincy option. Um, I think he's actually quite a decent captaincy option this uh, um, week if you fancy something a little bit left field. I know the, a lot of people will be talking about Aguero, but um, I think four of his next five fixtures look pretty good and Arsenal seem to be scoring fairly freely. I'm less convinced on their defensive assets, but um, no, I think he's like a really good option. I think he's a much better option than people expected at the start of the season, given that a lot of the Arsenal hype was about Aubameyang and that hasn't really worked out because he's ended up playing wide a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of quite sold on Lacazette and I know a lot of people I've been talking to who are planning on bringing him in, which seems like kind of one of the hot moves this week, I think. Yeah, it does seem to be a very popular move this week. So we'll take those price increases. Thank you kindly. Um, I think he's one of those ones where you just kind of leave him in there and, and monitor the situation and, and see um, how long he continues performing this this way. Um, because there are a lot of there's a lot of ways that you can change him should the time come. I think you can downgrade or upgrade, and so. Um, but no, he's he's a nice one in there for the moment, for sure. I think there's that glorious stat that keeps circulating this week is that he hasn't blanked at home since the turn of the year, or has only done it once or something, which is just crazy. Like his home form is incredible. So I think stats on this week, Lucy. Well, just to be yeah. fair, he has he has surprised me a lot. I did think it was going to be about a boomerang this 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 uh, this season with no World Cup and uh, the way he finished last season. But he's certainly surprising. He's one of those players that I'm definitely stalking to see if I can. Uh, the annoying thing is, and for a lot of people who probably don't have Lacazette, is if you don't want to get rid of uh, Aguero or, or Kane, and then you've got like Mitrovic or Wilson. The annoying thing with Mitrovic and Wilson is they both deliver one off, on and off. And to jump from Mitrovic or Wilson or King or uh, Zaha or Arnott or even Arnie, it, it's at least a two, three, four, 
two or three million in some cases to get to to Lacazette. So it's it's not a cheap move. Um, but yeah, he's certainly one getting the points. Right, let's round it up, Kylie. I've got one for you that I think uh, we need to quickly talk about, which is Mr. Raheem Sterling. Yeah, yes, Mr. Raheem. I really, really like the idea of him. Um, I was an early buyer last season and had him for the majority of the season. And um, obviously that was a a standout season for him. So many points to be had. I don't care whether they're tap-ins or what they are. The points are going in, they're going in. He's in great form at as, as we know, he's continued that for England only last night, I believe. Um, he's an interesting option for for people who are looking to change up their team if they're a bit worried about Aguero's minutes. And there has been a lot of talk about that. Obviously, there's some concern if you're going Aguero less just because of the ownership. But I think he's a really viable option if you're going in a slightly different direction. My only concern would be sort of what you were saying before about how he could be due some rest. The thing is, and we sort of keep saying this, you just have to suck it up with Pep Roulette. You know, it they will get rested on occasion. But yeah. the likes of Aguero and Sterling are the... They're the, the core ones that will play the majority of matches. He's missed one game. People, talk, yeah. people keep talking about rotation with Sterling. Pep obviously likes him. He's missed one yeah. game. Now, I can see him being rested this week. Rested because he's played. rotated, yeah. Well, exactly. But what it is with Pep. It's not, it's not a rotated, rested. Uh, dro- they're not being dropped because they come back. But Pep will do that, and he can afford to do that because he has such a great team. Um, and like you said, you, and the thing, the thing about it, when he didn't play that game week, he did not play at all, so he didn't get a one-pointer. You just got zero, and you, had, you hope your sub-bench played and got something. Uh, some people benefited, some people didn't. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, to be honest, if Salah was... If we hear that Salah's out for more than a, a week or whatever... Sterling would be my first option to look yeah. at. Absolutely. But that guy's on fire. He's enjoying his football. Pep likes him. And uh, he's finally learned how to finish, which we yeah. always said when he was at Liverpool. He needed to improve his finishing. I think he's a bonk for now with a view to potentially being marriage material. It depends on less about him and more about the structure of your team because we do have a lot of premium players um, who are expensive and performing at different intervals. So I think that there could continue to be some juggling of those in your team. But I I think that he certainly has shown every reason why he should be in your team. And it's really just because of the price point. People with Salah, with Hazard, with Aguero slash Kane and not being able to afford him. It, that's the only reason that his ownership is what it is at the moment. Cool. Right. I think we've covered a, a fair, fair bit of players. So let's move to the next section, which is our Barlow and Baldwin. So, Lucy, um, I'm sure you've heard it before, but let me just quickly explain to you. Barlow is our boring pick. And Baldwin is, if we're feeling a little bit frisky and we want to go bold. Um, 
So thinking about your team, who would you say this game? Because I think this game week is, is this is where I think that the it's gonna it's gonna change. It's gonna tip. It's uh, I'm gonna beat Bond this game week. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so who who would be your board winner? Who would be your Barlow based on your the players that you have? I think the obvious kind of really dull pick is Aguero. Um, well, looking at my own team, certainly, um, just because I think he's had that international break um, where he didn't play. And it seems that before that, he was kind of managing an injury and, you know, managing minutes and stuff. Whereas I think it'll be less of an issue now. And um, Burnley don't really look anywhere near as solid um, as they did last season. I don't, you know, I don't know what, for, for what reason that is. Um because Joe Hart seems to be playing pretty well, um, but the, they're not really what they were. So I feel like a home to Burnley, that's like a good, solid, solid fixture for Aguero. Um, if I was going a bit crazier, I don't know how crazy people are going here. Um, as crazy as you <laughs> Well, I think Richarlison could be an interesting pick, just on the basis that Palace don't look great. Um, he was playing as the striker, um, so that could be an interesting one. Um, they're at home. They, they kind of, as we said earlier, like Everton seem to score goals. I think their real problem is at the back. So I feel like they're going to go for it. So I think you know, if I was going kind of really crazy, I'd say Richardson. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fair pick, absolutely. Carly, uh, what about you? Yeah. So my team is in. Uh, Strange. I don't know because at the moment I have Kane, but I'm probably going to get rid of Kane. And to be honest, I hate him and I wouldn't captain him. <laughs> so um, I don't know because I don't know if Aguero will be coming back in. I actually don't know who is going to appear there. So I'm going to look at the rest of my team. And that leaves me with uh, the safe option, despite the fixture, uh, would probably be Hazard. Or maybe because of the fixture, because if Newcastle can score two goals, then I'm sure Chelsea can. And I believe Mike yeah, Dean, who loves that. to give a penalty, is um, going to be manning that match. So, you know, I think just based on form and based on United's form, he, he could still be a safe option, although somewhat less obvious. Um, Barlow would be probably Lacazette. Becoming infinitely less risky by the week based on performances. Maybe one of these days I will stop. Sorry, that was my bald one, one, not my Barlow one, by the way. But maybe one of these days I'll stop tipping him for the Baldwin pick and actually just do it. I haven't yet. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I do to Don, and I'm gonna say that Lacazette at home to Leicester does not count as a Baldwin pick. Oh. Uh, his form. I yeah, ruled it out as being my Baldwin pick because it just yeah. didn't seem wild enough. Okay. Really, really crazy. Shall we go crazy? Uh, Doherty at home to Watford. How's that? That is crazy. That is, that is crazy. That I is to do that. too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I just, I, yeah, that, that's my crazy pick. Okay, I'll <laughs> leave it, guys. What if he gets me another, another assist? A clean sheet. Watford have been very poor, and uh, they're at home. Wolves are very strong at home, and he likes a bit of bonus point action. So I think I'm having an allergic reaction to Kane. 
and it's just fried my brain. So um, <laughs> we will wait and see who actually ends up as captain or are indeed even in my team come uh, come the weekend. Brilliant. Right, so you pretty you guys pretty much covered who would have been my uh, so I think Aguero, you know, I'm selling Kane, most likely Aguero comes back just because of the man crush. Uh, probably be, he'll be the bold win. Uh, easy could be Hazard as well. And uh, at the moment, I actually have have it on Salah just because I don't have uh, Aguero and I was never going to captain Kane again. Um, so if Salah's fit, he's another great option. Um, bold win, I uh, agree with, uh, with a couple, with what you guys said. Maybe Wilson at home to Southampton. Sorry, Lucy. I just realised. I apologise. It is a derby, so hopefully we have an. It's a not a derby. Can I just clarify this? It's really <laughs> not a derby. Is it one of those? Our derby is poor. As a derby. Yeah. It's exactly okay. one of those. It's like they didn't know who to pick as a rival, and now they end up in the same league as us. We're kind of like along the south coast and people are like, oh, it's a derby. It's not a derby, okay? <laughs> Portsmouth is our derby. It's not our fault they're that rubbish that it can't be a derby. Um, <laughs> and it will never be a derby, okay? Um, and to be fair, I don't think there's that many Bournemouth fans of, think it is. That's the sound of Portsmouth um, followers unfollowing the Three Amigos account. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't that many, many as well. Putting your foot down, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, carry on. No, I think we'll read goals, so I think that's a good pick. All right, so let's hit the listener questions now. So we'll we'll fire through these. The first one up is from Sankal R. Mandavia, which was Sterling or Mane. So uh, given that we don't know what the situation with, with Mane is, whether he will or won't play, I think the answer there is Sterling. Um, I'll come to you, Lucy, with the next one. So, FPL Crate Digger says, with Aguero getting limited minutes, Arnie constantly crocked, and Kane playing in midfield most of the time, is Lacazette the essential FPL striker now? Right, so I'm not going to turn this into a rant, but I hate the word essential being used in FPL terms because it's overused all the time. And there are very few players that I will ever consider essential. So I'm not going to say no, he's not essential, but I think he is a really strong option. And I think, as we discussed a minute ago, he's an interesting captaincy option even. So, yeah, I think he's a really good option. I think maybe that description kind of underrates the other options. I I don't think Arnie will struggle that much just because he's so, like, Pivotals of the way West Ham plays, so even if he's got niggles, I think he'll still return quite well. And I think, as I said earlier, Aguero's minutes should improve a bit, at least in the short term. Um, but yeah, no, I think like I said, it's a good option, but I won't ever call him essential. Excellent, completely agree. Okay, Mars. So Prashant Tuari says Shaw is looking really good with his crosses and shots, but United just can't keep a clean sheet. So he's looking for replacements for him. Newcastle have great fixtures. Should we go there? And if yes, which one in particular? And if not, then who? So for context, his defence is Robertson, Alonso, Biscuit, Shaw, Bolly, and then he has Ryan and Patricio in goal. Interesting one, Fasha, because you've got the main players 
covered, and I'm going to assume that you don't want to double up to start with. So if we look at Newcastle, your first question, I think, you know, they've got Brighton at home, Southampton away, Watford at home, Bournemouth at home, Burnley away, West Ham at home. That's not a bad fixture list. Now, I would, if, if, if I was you, I would downgrade um, Shaw to somebody like Yedlin because he's an attacking, another attacking fullback, but cheaper, you get some money left over uh, if you want to go down Newcastle, which based on these fixtures is not a bad thing. And you do have other players that should, I would imagine you, I would want to be playing 3-4-3 three, three, or if you sometimes play 4, Yedlin can step in when this biscuit's got a, um, a difficult uh, fixture. Now, if you don't want to go with Newcastle, uh, one of the options could be to go double Liverpool. So, um, somebody like uh, Gomez to go with your um, uh, uh, Robertson. Um, Liverpool have got a, a good fixture coming up. And Gomez is pretty much guaranteed to play, whether it's it's a right back. Uh, or centre-back. He's the same price as Shaw, so you won't be saving any money at the moment. And, you know, Liverpool have got Huddersfield, Cardiff, yes, they've got Arsenal, then they've got Fulham at home, Watford away, Everton and Burnley. So it's a good run. If you don't have um, two Liverpool attackers, doubling up with Robertson uh, is not a bad move for the short term. So there you go, you've got two options. Excellent. All right. So a perfect question for you, Lucy, coming up. So Jeff Lightfoot says, is there better value out there at the forward under six million than Danny Ings? Trying to decide if I hold off another week to get one more free transfer and do a multiplayer swap to allow more money to play with. What do you think? Right. So I was in a very similar situation last week um, because I had Danny Ings until last week. and I did come quite close um, to doing Danny Ings to Jimenez because I think Jimenez is actually quite a good option um, in terms of, as we've kind of said about the defensive assets, I also think the, the attacking assets are quite undervalued uh, from Wolves. Um, and he does seem to be kind of, he doesn't ever kind of explode with points, but um, unlike the kind of Mitroviches of this world, He's like a really good trickle of points. And I think he'd be a really good one that you could just leave for quite a long time in there. Um, So he's an option if you want to do something directly. But I'd say, given that Dunnings has got Bournemouth and it's a fake derby. um, (laughs) So, you know, there could be goals because, you know, people will have said it's a derby, even though it's not one. Um, And Bournemouth don't really do clean sheets that much. Um, and they always have kind of weird phasing games where they can see goals. So I can see Danny Ings giving you returns this week. Certainly, you know, there's enough to make you think there could be, which would make me think you probably hold off on transfer and then probably bring in someone like, I don't know, Mitrovic, who's got a good run of fixtures next week when you generate the cash from another free transfer. So I think my advice would be Yes, there were probably better options than Danny Ings under six million, but I'd wait and and kind of make an upgrade next week. Excellent. All right, Mars. FPL Claret says TAA and Robbo or Salah and Firmino in terms of value and returns. And then also, who would win in a Liverpool Hunger Games? 
Oh, Shakiri, have you seen the size of him? Like, honestly, he will eat all of them. <laughs> and he's got a low center of gravity as well. Exactly. He yeah, would like, run away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I see, think Virgil van Dijk could pretty good. Yeah, van Dijk would yeah, be Yeah, but, but he's so lazy. He's so laid back, he'd be like, yeah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> oh. So they'd be um, the two remaining ones, though. So yeah, I would say so. I think Salah's too nice. Salah's too nice. Mane will be, will be smiling at everyone. Trent is too, too young. Well, you know, so, so he will smile at everyone and blind them with his teeth. <laughs> you know, like they, they won't be able to do anything. They'll be stunned. Yeah. Now, thinking about the forwards, look, I'm, I've always been a forward person. That's where I spend my money, midfielders and forwards. Although, obviously, this season I tried to also go with, big with the, with the fullbacks. The issue that I have with, with Robertson and, and Trent is I can see Trent getting rotated uh, a bit more. Uh, just, because, you know, he's young. He's had a rest now, so may, maybe not, not, not for a while. But, we, you know, it's interesting that he played. Maybe he wants to play Lofren with Van Dijk and put Gomez and put the three best center, best defenders that he has on the pitch. I don't know because I would have put Klein in there or even Fabinho can play right back. So I would say Salah for me or the fiction that would come up. I, I do think that we, you know, hope, well, I was hoping that after this international break, Liverpool will click on and, and get back to the, to the full play that we, we were used to last season. But they are dropping like flies at the moment. So let's see how, uh, how good that squad is. So I would go Salah for me Excellent. Um, okay, so we have uh, Mark at M. Barson, 22. He says, should you wildcard in response to a bad couple of game weeks? Should we get Aguero in no matter what for Burnley at home? So I'll take this one. Um, look, I think wildcarding is completely dependent on, on what your goal is. I like to do a wildcard strategically and not because I've been forced into it um, by... A, a bad few weeks. I personally wildcarded because I had enough for a five-a-side squad and that was it with, with a lot of injuries that happened. Um, if you think that your bad couple of weeks is just a little bit of misfortune, then maybe write it out and see if you can self-correct within a couple of moves. If you think that your team is really going in the wrong direction and that there's a lot of critical changes to make, then it, it probably is time to start looking at uh, a wildcard um, in terms of Aguero, I don't think it's a case of get him in no matter what because there's always other options. Um, I think he's certainly a, an easy option to have and he is highly owned and he will be highly captained this weekend. Um, I would want City attack in this match. So whether it's Aguero or whether it's a Sterling or someone else, if you don't have City attack at the moment, I would certainly look to prioritise that. Okay, and next question is for you, Lucy, from Mahutsu. David Silva to Sterling, two sideways or completely justified? Um, a few weeks ago, I'd have said it was two sideways. But I just think at the moment, the way Sterling's playing, I think he's very lowly, lowly owned. That's not really where we're putting it. But you know what I mean? His ownership is very low for someone who has returned as well as he has. So I think he'd be a great way of making points up quite quickly, uh, making places up quite quickly. Um, so I, yeah, I would be tempted to do that, I think. 
Yeah, I'd call that an upgrade, not a sideways move, um, for sure. I think people just get... Oh, sorry. I think people often think of it being a sideways move when it's the same team, when, as you say, it is an upgrade. Yeah, and the the reality is Sterling will get more minutes than David Silva throughout the season. Um, David Silva will be more prone to rotation. He's getting older. This is something we've been told by Pep. So... You know, yeah, I think I think that if you can afford it, it's a it's a big upgrade, you know, money wise. But if you can afford it, then certainly why not? Um, and then I have a question for you from uh, Mars from FPL student Alonso out for David Luiz. Why? That was my question. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I like Louise, I like Alonso, but what? I'll, if you're saving a million or more and you want to spend somewhere else, maybe, but with so many other injuries going on, why would you take a player that is playing? And I know people are getting a little bit annoyed and Alonso's not returning. Well, they did get clean sheets, so it's not all that bad. We can't be that greedy with defenders. At the end of the day, the bread and butter is clean sheet. Anything else is, is, is a bonus, and that's what we're hoping for. So I would say, uh, really, if that's the only dilemma you have in your team, then you're lucky, and I'm jealous. <laughs> okay, and then we had uh, a last question come in from John G at Grifters United, and so he said, "What are our top three sword picks?" And so he was really talking about. How being in a in a high position um, in your mini league, perhaps or, or overall, can sometimes get a little bit dull. And he's not entirely convinced about um, the merit of differentials. But if we were going that direction, who would we pick? So, um, do you want to go first, Lucy? Okay. Um, I don't know how differential you want to go on this because I think it's all uh, relative. Yeah, and I think there are kind of like relative differentials in terms that I think there are quite a lot of players that have actually like got quite a lot of points and, and done really well and actually have quite low ownership so I mean it seems amazing that I mean I checked just before we went live that like Sterling's 5.7% I think that's mental like how someone who's done so well is that has that low ownership so I think he'd he'd be quite a good one because I think um his ownership will inevitably rise in the next few weeks. So I think it would give you a kind of short-term boost. And then the risks of, you know, differentials kind of diminish, I think, when, you know, someone becomes kind of more highly owned. So I think it would be a good way of making up ground quickly. And then you'd realise that other people would join you and then you probably have to then start moving again if you want to keep playing in the same way. So I think he'd be probably my pick. Um, and if not, maybe Sickerton, as we were talking about earlier, because he's got less than 5% despite... Has he created the most chances, I think? Something like that. Um, and yeah. he's got like, loads of decent um, hauls recently, so one of those two, I think. What do you think, Matt? Sword ones are always interesting. Um, would you say Wilson is a sword? You know, like... He's, I'd say he is. He's still relatively low ownership. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, so, top three? Mm, I, I, well, what's what's Hampton's ownership? Because when I got him, he was definitely low. It's over 50 now. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, 
Yeah. So Hazard was, but not anymore. And it's about well, picking that player up. Yeah. So for example, Sterling is a great shout. You've got um, KDB when he comes back. People will start jumping, jumping on him. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, God, Mitrovic could be could be a good shout for for a different show. Or Vardy. Vardy is one player that yeah, people love Vardy. to hate sometimes. So there are quite a few. And also, yeah, I'd agree with with all of them. And um, while Lacazette is now just over ten percent owned, I still think that that is such a small percentage of people still in the game um, that you can certainly, if you're thinking that he's captainable, he becomes like genuine sort. Um, his ownership is still low enough that you could could consider him um, as such. So when you start looking at these players who either have pedigree or some degree of consistency in terms of their points over the last few weeks, they don't look like this crazy option where you have to go and get someone, go, you know, searching through the bargain basement to just find someone who's different to throw in your team as a hit and hope. There's really viable options that are, for whatever reason, still relatively low-owned who are delivering points. So I think it's a viable strategy at the moment to try and get, you know, one or two of these kind of characters into your team if you can swing it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Lacazette, I think... You know, just over 10% is incredibly low when you consider people like Wilson's over 20, Zaha's over 20, you know, quite um, less reliable options. have got, you know, double the ownership. So I think, yeah, Lacazette is a really good option. And still very affordable. Like, you know, he's, he's not in this. Sterling's harder, harder to fit in, you know, um, which in some ways is a good thing because if you manage to get him in, you'll be able to eke out maybe a, a couple of, extra weeks of him still being reasonably low-owned before he kind of flies up. But Lacazette is still relatively cheap. You can get him in your team. You may have to do a little bit of work, but it's, it's possible. I guess the other thing with Lacazette is he's quite an awkward price point um, in terms of like there not being much around him unless you've got Firmino, who doesn't seem that popular. It's kind of you're probably looking at a double move probably to squeeze Lacazette in. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think so which could be a problem. Yeah, I think John will be happy with the answer. And uh, thank you, John, for the question and everyone for all the questions. We really appreciate them. That's all we have uh, got time for tonight's show. Thanks so much to our uh, Amiga and our guest, Lucy, who you should all follow at Lucy Highlight. I've been Mars. Uh, you can find me at Mars05, Kylie at, at Kylie FBL, and also, uh, obviously, Don at uh, the Marple Curse. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening. Check us out at thefreeamigosfbl.com where you'll find our latest blog posts and link to our social channels. Please like, share and rate the podcast on iTunes as it helps spread the, Amig- the Amigos word. Thanks as always uh, for your support. Good luck again with nine. nine. Adios amigos. Muchas gracias. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo Wherever they need us Our destinies lead us Amigos, we're always together I tell you what, I never realised how much um, Don has to talk with this host. Yeah.
Think what's the point of the script? But actually, you need to write this stuff down yeah. because you could just completely mess it up. Yeah. 